Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians. Welcome to the podcast where math is figureoutable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And we make the case that mathematizing is not about mimicking steps or rote memorizing facts, but y'all, it's about thinking and reasoning, about creating and using mental relationships. We take the strong stance that not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching, but that mimicking algorithms actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. We answer the question, if not algorithms and step-by-step procedures, then what? And y'all, we're going to answer that question more today than possibly we ever have. Yeah. Hey, before we start, though, I want to say thank you so much for all the reviews. I want to, Pam, I want to have you check this one out. We got a review from Math Count, and it says that the subject is not just for teachers. And it says, everyone should listen to this podcast to improve their own understanding of quantitative reasoning and doing math. I enjoy every single podcast. And I feel like I'm in the room participating in the conversation. Isn't that so great? Bam. Nice. Yep. Yay. That's exciting. Thanks. Yeah. So we love. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) We love reading the comments and we really appreciate you leaving ratings. It helps others find the podcast. And frankly, it makes us feel good. So uh, we we appreciate that. It's kind of fun. Okay. So in this episode, we're going to tackle something that we have hemmed and hawed about for Gosh, a really, really long time because of what we back and forth and forth and back. Yeah. And that's really because of what we believe about teaching and learning. So Mm -hmm. here we are. So we've, we've, uh, what are we crying uncle just a little bit? We're, we're about to tell. So if you've been listening to the podcast at all, if you know our work, then you know that we believe strongly that uh, learning is about experiencing. It's about making mental connections based on like literally diving in and doing the work and experiencing something. It doesn't work well for for someone to just tell you something. Like Mm -hmm. if it just like say the thing then that doesn't help your brain make that neural connection. And it's not as strong and, and you don't own it. It's not, it's more of like a fact that goes in. It's not really something that you live and breathe and own and then can use well, but. Well, and that's also one of the reasons that we do problem strings. 
absolutely on the podcast right to build those experiences yeah like people told us you can't do that on a, on a podcast and we were like well then we're not going to do a podcast like we yeah. we feel so strongly that we really want to help people develop as mathematicians not just tell you a bunch of stuff it's not it it, it won't work like podcast wouldn't go over well uh, if we did what people were telling us to do, because we'd just be telling, I mean, some people would listen, but it, it wouldn't actually have the potential to change, to really influence the change that we hope to, um, to really empower people. That's, that's yeah. our whole gig, right? Yeah. Want to, want to take people who were like me and turn them into more like I am now, like yeah. not the rule follower that, that, the, that I believed what math was. Oh, we want to open the world to what math actually is. So, Kim, sometimes I will hear you talk about how um, it's not for teachers to, uh, how do you say that? Like, sometimes people will ask us questions on, like, in the Facebook group. So the Math is Forgrettable teacher Facebook group. They'll say, hey, you know, what about this? And you and I will kind of get on behind the scenes. We're like... Like this isn't what we what we want teachers to print out and put on their wall. It's not uh, help me. It's not something that you 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 give them in their in their take home folder. It's not it's not in, in student notes. It's uh, like yeah, we're we're about to share some things today that we don't think that you just whip out on a piece of paper and put up on the wall or share with your students and say okay now you got it because it's not that's not how learning occurs. Here it um, is. Here it is. Yep, Woo, we yep. own it. Good. Yep. Moving on. Yep, yeah. 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 It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Y'all in our introduction, I say, if not algorithms, we, we answer the question, if not algorithms, then what? Well, <laughs> we're going to answer that question more than perhaps ever before, because we want to today lay out what are the strategies students need to own down deep so that they can use to solve any problem that's reasonable to solve without a calculator. Because, yeah, and you, and you actually said today, okay, go I'm going to interrupt you. Yeah. You said today, but we think it's so important and there's so much to share that we're going to share like over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the beginning of a series mm-hmm. um, where we've planned a series where we're going to dive deep into each operation mm-hmm. to answer the question. If you are a, a, a teacher and you're like, well, my students are supposed to be able to add. Like that's a thing and it might be whole numbers, it might be decimals. My students are supposed to be able to add and w- maybe all we've done or all we've known in the past, uh, for sure, all I had ever uh, seen was a traditional algorithm where I lined stuff up and it was all very digit oriented. If kids don't get that, if that's what you're suggesting, Pam and Kim, that kids don't, we don't show them the steps and give them, uh, you know, like step one, step two, step three, here's what you do, these digits and those. If we don't do that with students, then what? Like, are they left to their own devices? Like, they're just supposed to fuss around and fumble and 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 look at a problem and have no idea what to do, and and, and they're just supposed to like reinvent something every time they hit another problem? No, no, no. Like, n- not at all. What we want to do is create students who can, for example, add uh, fluently, like a mathematician would add, not mimicking, not like a monkey would add, not like pushing a bunch of buttons on some sort of machine that, that nobody knows what it is, which is kind of what the algorithms are. We just put them in our brains and we just follow the steps. Um, we, we don't that. What, what do uh, mathematicians do when they add? And, and so we will have an episode where we'll dive deep into addition, where we'll dive deep into subtraction. Today, we kind of want to lay out what, what are we talking about? Why, why this idea of 
what, um, how do I say this? We've done a lot of that work on the podcast, right? Like uh, we've mm-hmm. already done podcast episodes where we played with fractions, uh, played with fraction multiplication. We've done pos- podcast episodes where we played with the partners of 10 or partners of a hundred and played, I have unique, like we've done all sorts of things where we've given you listeners ideas of what you can do to help students think and reason more like mathematicians. Mm-hmm. What we haven't done is a little bit of the unique part of my work, which is to lay out for an operation, what are the major strategies kids need to know to own so that they can solve any addition problem without Mm. uh, reaching for technology, or they can solve any multiplication problem without a calculator? What are the major strategies? If you listen to a lot of really good people that talk about numeracy and talk about building number sense, from my perspective, most of them do a great job of throwing out some ideas like, oh, it'd be great if kids could do this. It'd be great if kids could do that. But what very few people have ever done is lay out, these are the major ones. Let's identify if I have a kid who doesn't have an algorithm, doesn't have some memorized step-by-step procedure, then what do they need? What are the relationships that we need to ensure they own that then we know they're good? Like we can give them any problem that's reasonable to solve that a calculator and they are good to go. Yeah. We're going to lay those out for the first time. And, which, and is the, why, which is why, a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually funny. I'm going to tell a little bit. Um, we believe in being real. Yeah. Y'all yeah. being genuine. So we were talking with the team this morning about the fact that we're about to record these podcasts. And somebody said, as we said, you know, we're going to, we're going to lay out what the major strategies are. Somebody on my team said, yeah, like when I read one of your books, I was like, okay, but what are the major ones? Like we just played around with a bunch of them. Like what are the, and I was like, yeah, I know, I know. Do you know why I didn't put that in my book? And she kind of looked at me and I was like, because I didn't know what they were. <laughs> like early in my journey, sure. I knew that there was a, a collection of things. I knew there was a bunch of relationships I was using to solve problems, but I had not yet really hammered down what were the major important ones. What were the ones that we've got to work with students on? Or, or we've left them with a hole. We've left them with some problems that they will be really inefficient to solve. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have this place where students are going to have to be, uh, have to do too many little steps and they'll be so inefficient that then somebody could say, see, see, that's too inefficient. We've got to give them, we've got to give them that step-by-step procedure. So they're not so inefficient. No, 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 no. I wanted to make sure that we'd thought through for each operation, give me any problem that's reasonable to solve that calculator. Do I have a relationship that leads to a strategy that, yeah, bam, I can do that one. Yep. Give me that one. Uh, give me another one. Yep. Yep. I've got a relationship for that one. Yeah. And that took, uh, it took me building my own numeracy. It took lots of conversations with Kim. It took lots of thinking about all of the kinds of problems that are out there. And, and then about several years ago, I was like, these, these are it. And we put it to the test and yeah, like we've hammered on, these are the more important ones uh, that we want students to own. And now we're ready to share. And now we're ready to share. <laughs> <Should be good. laughs> hey, um, one of the things that we've talked about is that Kim, uh, I just said, one of the important things for me was to work with you. And I would say, hey, hey, Kim, here's a problem. How would you solve that one? And I would listen. Now, not mm-hmm. just you. I, I threw it out to lots of people. I mean, everybody I worked with, I threw out problems and I listened and we took note and, and really, uh, you know, how can I make those visible and, and all the things. One day, I will never forget this day. I don't know if you remember this day, but one day you and I were working together and you said something and I was like, wait, what? And you were like, yeah. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. You're telling me, I don't know. I'm putting words in your mouth. Do you want to tell me what you, do you remember what you said? 
Oh, about um, not necessarily automatically knowing which one was best. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I think in that moment was a moment, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was something along the lines of, oh, I don't, it's not that I know what the best strategy is every time for every problem. It's that I, that I play with them. And then I, like, if I don't like the strategy that I'm about to use, I realize, ah, that's not really what I want to do. Then I back out of it and I try a different strategy. And I, and I think that was noteworthy to you because up until that moment, you were like, oh my gosh, how do you know which strategy is the best to use every single time? Well, and I don't think I ever said that out loud. It was more of a mindset for me yeah. because I had come through learning math as fake math. And so it, it was this step-by-step procedures. I was really clear in that atmosphere of just rote memorizing facts and, and steps and procedures that I needed to know for that problem, it's this step-by-step procedure. But yeah. but for that one, nope, nope, that's a different, nope. See that sure. little change in there? Nope. That's got to be this other procedure. And then I had to be really clear what were the different steps in those procedures. And to me, it was so ingrained in me that that's what math was mm-hmm. because I was good at it. Like I could tell, ooh, Ooh, for that problem, it's got to be that thing you told me how to do. But but for those other ones, mm, nope, it's that other one that you've sort of told me how to do. So since I had that that perspective, well, I, I think what happened, if I remember correctly, I was actually listening to you talk out loud and I said something like, hey, for this problem. And you said, well, I would, oh no, actually, aha, let me go back to my first. And in that moment, I was like, what? <laughs> Did you just like... What? He changed the mind. I mean, I was speechless. And you go, Pam, no, that's what I do. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I play with relationships and, and absolutely. Sometimes I'll go back to the first one that I tried it because it's going to, it's going to turn out to be the one that is kind of the most fluid for those numbers or the one yeah. that strikes me that day. I tell you what, I walked around with my jaw on the floor for, I don't know how long after that, where I was like, okay, let me, let me make sure. How do I make sense of this? How do I integrate this into what? Because I was so in that moment clear that it was not what I thought math was originally, even though I had been already changing and developing numeracy and everything, it just hadn't occurred to me that doing mathematics is far more about playing with relationships until you find one that's sort of slick or frankly, until you find one that illuminates something about the problem that's interesting. Yeah. It's so about preference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and when you said that, it was like, oh, that just freed me up. In fact, I think you said something about it's, it's, it's more about preference and not about rightness, not about perfect, mm-hmm. not about mm-hmm. choosing the exact correct. Mm-hmm. And it freed me. It freed me to go, I can just play. Mm-hmm. I can just try stuff and then, and then decide which one I like the best. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the idea of playing with math took on a completely different bent. The pressure was gone for me to know the one and only one right way, to know the best right way. Um, and without that pressure, uh, I think that helped my brain work better. It somehow took some of the the, the time pressure off because all of a sudden it's like, oh, I don't need to know it. I mean, I, I was already saying we don't need to be fast, but somehow I still thought I needed to be fast at choosing the strategy. Isn't yeah. that crazy? Yeah. yeah. It's crazy how our minds are, how we, you know, like we have this sort of background understanding or, or experience that kind of colors everything. And I'm so grateful that you helped me color that well, differently. You're welcome. And, and how much fun is it now that we both will 
it will be in a conversation and we'll solve a problem. Maybe the same way, maybe a different way from each other. But then we, we continue to look at it and we go, oh, like that would have been a cool strategy to use. Yeah. That's, or, that's or even together. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's been some more complicated problems that we've solved. And then, and then t- as we talk, we actually come up with a third, you know, like yeah. so the, that we both, and it, it illuminates relationships in the problem that builds us, that makes us more complete thinkers, more, more robust problem solvers, uh, because now we own even more relationships, not just about getting an answer. It's about playing with those relationships. So fun. And Kim, I'm reminded, um, we've, we've quoted the study on the podcast before and Dowker's study where she asked mathematicians, Hey, here are some problems to solve. Uh, if you'll solve those and I'm going to kind of listen in and, and, you know, you tell me how you solved them. And, and that of the, all of those problems that mathematicians solved 4% of the time, those mathematicians used a traditional algorithm. So 96% of the time they were playing around with relationships. Yep. The reason I bring it back up today is that then I also found it fascinating that part of her study was that she went back to some of those same mathematicians with the exact same problems on a different day and said, Hey, I have some more problems. If you don't mind, I'm just going to listen to it again. You know, like, how are you solving these? Didn't tell them they were the same problems and had the crazy fun outcome that on that different day, mathematicians often used a different strategy mm-hmm. because we, it was all, all, go ahead. I was going to say, we had, we experienced that here a couple of episodes ago with the, with the three fourths of two fifths, you had heard me solve a problem one way before and, and thought, Oh, that was Kim's favorite. And she'll do it again. And I, and I didn't, it was <laughs> totally true. Not what I was thinking of. It was not what I was expecting. I was like, okay, there we go. Podcasts are live recordings. Here we are. <laughs> it's a good thing. We don't mind looking slightly silly. Is mm-hmm. that the word? Yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> so that's what we want for kids, right? For students, for for anyone, really, we want them to be empowered to have choice. Yeah, because if you are, if you have only one way to do something, and I've handed it to you, it's this rote memorized way, and that's all you've got. Or even if you've developed a strategy for an operation, you've got a strategy that you can use, but that's all you have, that's not empowering. That's not choice. We need kids to own these major strategies because once they own them, that's like deep in their heart and their soul. And, and they can look at numbers and they can, they can like, Ooh, now they can let the numbers influence which of those they choose. That's being empowered. It's not choice. It's not power. If you don't have a choice, like it's right. not, you're, you're, if we just all too often, Kim, the reason I bring uh, this to a point here is. All too often I will hear teachers say, yeah, 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 it's it's, it's whatever a kid can do. You know, like for so long we've like forced them to do stuff, but, but some of my kids, man, I'm just going to let them solve it the way they do and I'm going to honor their strategy. I'm going to honor their thinking. Well, yes, we absolutely want to honor kids thinking we must start where they are, but we can't leave them there. If we leave them there, that's not choice. That's not being empowered. We've got to help them own these major relationships. Now, now they have power. That's empowering to go, hmm, I'm going to look at this problem. And I'm going to let these numbers, this structure of the problem, I'm going to let that influence how I solve that problem today. That's being empowered. That's what mathematicians do. Okay. So you listeners are not going to want to miss the next several mm-hmm. episodes where we share what we believe are the major strategies for every operation. And as a bonus, we are so excited to share with you for free the ultimate download that you're going to want. 
Y'all, you're going to want this download. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) We've outlined all the major strategies with examples, and you're going to love it. You can find that at www.mathisfigureoutable.com slash big. Uh, big, right? Can you? Right. It's we because said it's that. Yeah, because it's big. We we decided we, we had a, a, a nice conversation about what that URL was going to be. And we decided to land on big, big, yeah. because this is big. Like we are putting out the strategies. Now you might be like, Pam, why did you take so long to do it? Well, I mean, for several reasons. We already said, because we don't like to just tell. We like to develop it in people. But I will be honest with you also, because I wanted to make sure that I, I was set. Like I want to make sure that, yeah, I do think these are the major relationships. So we Mm -hmm. welcome your comments. We welcome you to dive in, dig into those relationships and wonder, do you have one that that we didn't list? Is there one that you're like, ah, we don't need that one because we have this one. Or, you know, I'd love your feedback on what I've decided are those major relationships in order to solve any problem. It's reasonable to solve that account. All right. So if you want to learn more mathematics and refine your math teaching so that you and students are mathematizing more and more, then join the math is figure outable movement and help us spread the word that math is figure outable. Thank you for listening and making math more figure outable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.